Hello everyone, my name is Rakshit and I'm your host for the very first episode of a brand new podcast series called The Voice of AI. So this is a show where we bring different business leaders and AI experts to talk about big data, AI, digital disruption and everything else in between. So if you're into that kind of thing, stick around. I assure you, you'll love the content that comes up here. All right, so for the very first episode, I have with me someone whom you might have heard to on different media interviews, seen him speaking at some events, or you might have sat through his recent TED Talk. He's a man with a plan, strategy, and more than 20 years of experience to back it all. He's none other than Mr. Rohit Maheshwari, the head of strategy and products at Crunch Metrics. Rohit, welcome to the show. Happy to have you here. Thank you. Pleasure to be here, Rakshit. Fantastic, Rohit. Okay, so I want to begin with a slightly generic topic and then draw your attention towards enterprise AI. So so uh, let, let's go back a bit. Now, if you look at how most of us were uh, perhaps introduced to the concept of AI, I think it is probably through movies, right? And, and I think one that sticks to my mind is a movie called 2001, A Space Odyssey, where there was a, a robo called HAL 9000, which was basically thinking, acting and talking like humans. And that was fascinating. This was a 1968 movie and clearly they were way ahead of their time. But of course, to uh, you know, uh, we've come a long journey you know, from seeing improbable things in movies uh, to an era where AI is pretty much entrenched in everything, right? So, so be it uh, you know, the mics that we're using that are cancelling out the background noise or getting a very relevant recommendations on uh, shopping sites or be it sending people to Mars, I think there is AI everywhere, right? And, and I think as a layman, most of us understand, uh, you know, uh, a, a larger picture of AI, but I'm very sure it's, it's a completely different scenario when it comes to, you know, the enterprise applications of AI. So, so can you can you walk us through, you know, what it is like actually the application of AI on the enterprise side of things? Great question, Rakshat. So, within the enterprise world, AI typically gets used a lot of times for both a combination of strategic decision making and operational decision making, right? right. Um, so, uh, all the data, uh, be it data about the products and services, be it data about the logistics and movement, be it data about customer interactions, customer behavior, etc., etc., all of that gets analyzed uh, and and increasingly as data volumes have increased, it's becoming clearer that it needs to get analyzed by um, AI-driven analytics, right? Uh, and we'll get a little more deeper into how it works, uh, what's the mechanism behind it. But suffice to say that there are two uh, kinds of uh, enterprises, uh, I would argue, right? I like to liken it to the tale of two uh, twin cities, right? Or the tale of two cities. Right. Essentially, on one hand, you have, uh, you know, the traditional enterprises where business has happened uh, uh, without necessarily any specific reliance on AI in the uh, last uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? Right. They have built formidable mode, customer goodwill, 
uh, and set of products which which have thrived really they have been to some extent data driven organizations but i wouldn't uh, by any stretch of imagination call them ai driven or, uh, organizations and this true for most uh, traditional businesses whether it's a cement plant uh, mm. whether it's a construction company where the cement gets deployed or whether it's it's the hotel uh, where uh, which which gets constructed and that uh, customers walk in and you and i you know uh, visit the hotels so that's right. true but then there are on the other side uh, what i would liken as uh, the neo industry the hyperscalers who do d- differently who are extremely ai driven um, and 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 that's how they have managed to disrupt so uh, i like to see this in two planes structure mm-hmm. right so 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 you mentioned hyperscalers i think that's that's a very interesting word right and i think it would be great to understand how are they doing it differently you know uh, we all know the stories of how uh, say an airbnb disrupted the entire uh, hospitality industry without owning a single property or beat uber which sort of took over the uh, transport part without actually never owning a single car in uh, when they initially started out so clearly they they're doing something much different than what enterprises traditionally did uh and what do you think that is how is that uh, being enabled okay so um uh, you're absolutely right they are doing it differently uh, the question is how um really um they are grounds up first of all data driven organizations right they're run by engineers and geeks uh right. they they uh, consider data as an extremely important asset Uh, and they have organized their entire infrastructure around uh, the data right data is the biggest and probably the most important asset to their businesses so their right. ability to collect this data in one place and then to apply ai makes them extremely different that is exactly why uber knows when a certain car needs to be at a certain location waiting for the customers right that's exactly why doordash or uh, uh, you know zomato or swiggy for instance knows where should their agents be at certain times of the day and where is the likelihood that they'll receive orders right, right. Uh, so these these businesses uh, think behave differently they are uh, the business strategy uh, is super clear they have to build a moat by leveraging all the data they are accessing therefore mm. the data infrastructure is super clear right. uh, the data infrastructure make sure that all of the data comes in one easy to use place right. and analytics uh, and as volumes have grown ai on top of it is leveraged mm. exceedingly well right, right. Uh, so so that is how i believe hyperscalers are extremely different to traditional enterprise now the traditional enterprise um you know um, i i would like to you know just uh, you know say this as a challenge to any large traditional enterprise right they are investing in ai right because ai everybody re- realizes there is no sector out there which is unaffected or untouched by ai they are wary of ai they are wary of hyperscalers and they would really want to uh, compete but a question to be asked today is hey today you have a team of data scientists maybe 15 or 20 people 
what happens if you were to fire all of them overnight right will <laughs> yeah. there be a drop in number of customers will there be a even as much as a blip in revenue margins mm-hmm. in all probability no right? right because it's it's really not in their dna already uh, right. to use ai at a scale as the hyperscale ours uh, do it right so right so i think like you said it's it's probably a mindset with with, with which these hyperscaler companies are born you know the way they leverage ui their entire business revolves around the existence of this big data and how they use it to their advantage right uh, and and uh, what you say is enterprises traditional enterprises perhaps do not operate in the same manner right yeah that's true rakshit yeah. but but you know obviously there are reasons enough going forward hmm. for for even the ones who have not moved the needle as yet to start moving i'm not hmm. suggesting that nobody has moved it right i right. really like to take the example of asian paints right india's largest mm-hmm. paint company right um i think in in 80s right uh, it hmm. was then that the founder chairman of the company decided to invest in a supercomputer hmm. uh, larger than uh, the then uh, you know available uh, supercomputer in india the param series from c dot right 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 so so he he invested in a in a computing infrastructure with the sole purpose of crunching massive volumes of data mm. and the outcome today is uh, you will be surprised to know number one asian paints is the only paint company uh, uh, in india mm-hmm. uh, which does paint delivery from factory to uh, dealers warehouses four times each day right so if oh, you're a dealer wow. there are four dispatches okay mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they absolutely accurately know by the minute what paint is getting to uh, getting sold where so right. it is not an order which the dealer places it is not the area salesman who decides what color combination what texture what category of paint needs to be delivered it's right. all there in the data which they have so carefully collected over the last 20 years so nice. so so the computers tell them they forecast what paint should be dispatched where it should be dispatched and this mode continues to only grow because yeah. this allows them to make sure that only the right paint reaches the stores which people mm. are buying there is no leftover inventory right in fact their overall cost of distribution Mm-hmm. in an industry um, which is so dependent otherwise on dealer network is less than 3% of the overall selling price wow uh, okay. which if i were to compare it to the closest competitor the closest competitor would be sitting more like 15 or 20% that's right? that's and, huge difference exactly so yes indeed there are enterprises which recognized early enough right. and um, Uh, enterprises should continuously ask the question as to right. what is our business strategy going forward right um, they should uh, then evaluate uh, to achieve the business strategy what data do they require hmm. they should then subsequently identify do they even have the data infrastructure in place to meet their um, decision goals and right. only then when they have the house in order so to say will the question of leveraging ai on that data come rashid right right in fact in fact you know you sort of answered my next question which is uh, 
uh, you know if if ai was relevant to everyone at all like you know can we say that tomorrow if an organization says we're going to adopt ai you know will will they actually be able to succeed like the way the other uh, digital enterprises did uh, or is there a journey that they have to sort of go through before they can get to a point where ai really makes sense for them right and, and i think you so, partially answered that but if you can you know delve a little more into that sure so again a uh, uh, good question right uh, i am of the firm belief that there is no sector which is not going to be affected by ai right be right. it the grocery uh, which which gets delivered to our doorstep through right. a big basket or a, a flipkart quick or an amazon fresh right? right there is a lot of ai which runs behind um, uh, the recommendation engines every time you go and open your uh, uh, you know the e-commerce store or the app right. uh, there is a lot of ai which gets uh, which runs behind the logistics ecosystem because you, mm. as you can imagine especially in fresh produce uh, time uh, uh, value is extremely high right mm. so you you want to make sure you are only getting the right produce you are pricing it right you are doing the right things to deliver it soon enough to the customers right so right. be it the simplest um, grocery to the most sophisticated ai driven device in everybody's house which which i uh, probably consider the smartphone to be the most sophisticated device <laughs> definitely ai is impacting every industry every product every right. enterprise uh, getting the strategy right getting the journey right is super important like i said earlier uh, yeah. and you need to plan very well you need to ensure the data doesn't become uh, scattered and federated you want mm. to make sure that you're stitching an end to end pipe because mm. data scientists and data science alone is helpless if you do not have the relevant data in your hands structure of course, of course an exception to this will be probably the artisan industry you know where where people skills will still be relevant and and uh, that's a very right. niche industry where uh, probably they can get away without ai adoption uh, is is that so i mean uh, even at the pace at which you know these developments are happening do you think uh, some of these or will there be any industry at all that will be remaining you know untouched you said artisans and uh, you know people like that but uh, i don't know i i feel eventually we'll get there where you know ai can accomplish pretty much everything and anything that humans can do i mean that's a view point <laughs> <laughs> good 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 but i still think that human ingenuity will always find a way around this and we will put our <laughs> skills to special uses rakshit we are not becoming redundant anytime soon great so there is hope in the world <laughs> Yeah so uh Roy I think I think the example of Asian paints that you gave was extremely you know intriguing honestly Asian paints is probably not the uh, first company that comes to your mind when you speak about leveraging data and AI for efficiency right uh, but but the fact that they're doing it shows that you know no matter how much of a legacy you carry uh, i think the right approach and uh, you know the the strategy to, towards having data and ai in place i think will get you uh, you know leaps and bounds ahead of uh, the competition in the market right uh, that's that's a great example now uh, 
before i let you go i just have one uh, question for you rohit and uh, this is probably the you know the chicken and egg equivalent of the data analytics uh, industry right now uh, do you think ai came into being because of how much complexity big data brings into the world or do you think big data simply exists as a fodder to artificial intelligence okay good good question again see uh, i i i would like to answer this question uh with with a, a sort of a story of china's uh, sputnik moment production mm-hmm. um so so i'm sure you've heard about this in year 2017 uh mm-hmm. when um, alphago uh, the uh, artificial intelligence uh which uh, was backed by which continues to be backed by google right defeated right. kg in in the game of go so i don't mm-hmm. know if you, if you um, the listeners know this game but i would encourage you to look up uh, on google of course what go is uh, this is probably one of the most complex games out there right it's uh, it's order of magnitude more complicated than uh, uh, the chess okay and uh, uh, you know one never imagined uh, that a human Uh, and and KG was a teenage sensation, um, uh, a geeky uh, Chinese teenager wearing squ- square rimmed glasses, and he was uh, really the unlikely last standing hero of humanity, standing in the way of AI. Okay, uh, but but finally, uh, you know, one day, um, you know, uh, over three marathon games, each extending beyond three hours. a uh, computer overcame kj right the big question was how did it all happen and the beauty is despite um, the massive amount of um, advancements uh, the world had made in algorithms uh, alphago really managed to defeat kj uh, by uh, you know learning uh, through uh, all the historical data of all the moves that had been meticulously documented and recorded right over mm-hmm. the years of of the game alphago so essentially mm-hmm. uh, uh, of the game go right so the right. algorithm was made to watch the game um, uh, continuously feed in learn from all the uh, data and then finally uh, manage to defeat uh, kj uh, the reason i bring this example up is uh, to really underline the point that without data algorithms are nothing but it's only because you have so much data that you really require the sophistication of ai um, to deal with decision making right if you really don't do justice to your data collection data organization uh, ai is quite useless structure so <laughs> one exists with the yeah. other i think it's an extremely symbiotic relationship there is mm. no question about it in my mind and that also reminds me that as a nation uh, if we have to succeed we really need to look at how we are uh, democratizing data and how we are ensuring uh, data gets uh, put to good use within india right for right. china kj losing was their sputnik moment and since mm. then we know uh, china has 
released an ai policy and today unarguably right arguably actually right they they are uh, uh, leaders in the space along with united states especially right. when it comes to application of ai uh, right there is there is a lot to learn for us as a nation uh, mm. and and um, better data will and better data management will only lead to better ai rakshit all right uh, thanks rohit for having this conversation with me today i thoroughly enjoyed it and i'm sure our listeners did too i just want to take a moment to say that we have a lot more power packed episodes lined up in this series and we're just getting started with this one so hit that subscribe button feel free to drop in your feedback in the comment section also if you have any recommendations for guests to be invited on this podcast including yourself drop in an email at info@crunchmetrics.ai and we'll get in touch with you shortly make sure you follow us on social media channels especially on linkedin uh, you can search for us as crunch metrics and you'll find all the necessary details about our upcoming episodes there so we'll see you on the next one and until then stay healthy stay safe bye bye